It just says starting recording. Um, maybe we go. Here we go. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Uh, so, guys, welcome to Pushing Rubber Podcast, episode 151. This is Adam Pickett, your host with The Least, uh, coming here from sunny Saudi Arabia. And it's April, just after Easter in 2022. And I'm, I'm here with uh, – well, it's kind of funny because episode 149 – uh, I did an interview with Scott um, Klajic. He just told me how to pronounce his name in Serbian, and I've just forgotten. Um, and now, now it's episode 151, two episodes later, and I'm with Scott again. But there's almost two years between these these two uh, discussions. Um, and Scott contacted me the other week and was like, "Hey, that you know, I re-listened to that. It was fun. Why don't we do it again?" And so here we are. Uh, now, I just want to warn you that Scott's um, audio is a little bit crackly. Uh, it's not high volume or anything like that, but it's a little bit crackly. We've 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 played with it a bit, so hopefully we're going to be okay. Uh, so Scott, welcome welcome to the show. It's not a show. <laughs> what am I talking about? Welcome to the recording. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're in, now you're in Saudi Arabia. You you must get around a lot. You were in the Netherlands last time, so. Yeah, listen, I'm just a a, a, a gypsy slut. Let's be honest. Um, I yeah. Um, uh, and I after the after the ex uh, walked out on me, I, I I stayed in in the Netherlands for a couple more years, and I was just like, you know, when when an opportunity came up within my company to jump, I jumped. So you know. Here I am, right. and um, I'm I'm enjoying Saudi, man. It's cool. It's uh, I won't talk about that too much here because the, the listeners have already heard me talk about it. But it's a good spot, oh, yeah. but, um, and uh, it's not at all what, of course, the mainstream media make it out to be. It's um, you know I've been I've been driving around looking at skyscrapers, waiting to see them throw homos off, off the top, and it's not happening. It's <laughs> Nice. When I was uh, when I got to Kuwait in 2011, um, the, my my one story from that part of the world was we were we were traveling in these white tour buses between Kuwait City and Ali Asalim Air Base on our way into Afghanistan, and they told us they said make sure that you close the the blinds on the bus. You're not allowed to show your face. Um, because we're worried that the civilians in Kuwait will know who is on these buses. They'll know that there's American service members, and, and we're trying to keep it on the down low. And I was like, we have a convoy of 15 white, unmarked buses surrounded by black Suburbans and their flashing lights going 150 miles an hour down the road, and you think that they don't know who's, <laughs> who's in this bus? <laughs> like, we couldn't be any more obnoxiously, you know, like – in, in everyone's face you know it's like yeah. but i'll make sure i keep the blinds closed because i don't want any yeah. ladies yeah. to freak out yeah that'll make know, a big so, difference anyway. yeah hey uh, um <laughs> scott uh just quickly just tell the listeners who you are so that um so i, I, I mean that they might they might not know your background particularly as it as yeah. it um, yes. connects to this corner of the internet yeah so i'm a uh, Dr. Scott Klajic, it, it would be Klajic if you were Serbian. Um, there we go. <laughs> to there get we that go. right again. Nobody calls nobody calls me that though. I've, I've been Klajic my whole life. Um, but uh, I'm a clinical and mostly forensic psychologist these days, living in uh, Helena, Montana. I retired from the army about three and a half years ago. Um, I was a psychologist in the army as well, um, and I uh, actually on that deployment when I was in Afghanistan in 2011 was the first time that I uh, came across red pill content in the form of the Dalrock website, the now uh, gone Dalrock website, or at least shuttered. Um, and uh, I've been uh, sort of struggling with uh, how to s sort of square that round peg for the last 11 years <laughs> in light of having been extremely extremely blue pilled for most of my adult life uh, prior to that so i'm married i have four kids i'm an orthodox christian serbian orthodox um my easter is this sunday because i'm on the julian calendar uh yep. and uh, so i still have a few more days to wait but uh, that's who i am so 
Okay, so are you are you still fasting for Lent at the moment then? Yeah, we we don't do it very well with these little ones that we have because they're always wanting, you know, junk food. But uh, we we try and we will we'll really ramp it up in the next couple of days to make sure that we're, you know, we're in the spirit of things. But yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. for the guys listening and hearing heavy breathing there, it's not Scott excited about talking to me. He's got his four-year-old daughter bouncing on his knee, so um, uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's what's that's what's going on there. Uh, this was actually the first Lent in my life that I followed it properly because, I, like, I, I went back to Catholicism about three years ago, and uh, and it's been a, a steady rediscovery of what it all means. So this is this this is the first Lent that I did properly. Um, which was so no no dairy no meat, uh, no smoking of any substances so no pipe tobacco that was really hard actually that was the hardest part was the pipe tobacco that really pissed me off, but um, nice. but it was good it was good it was good and so I made a big roast lamb dinner on the weekend um, from my <laughs> Harry's Harry's Bar cookbook from Venice and uh, that was pretty outstanding if I do say so myself. Um, so Scott and I were chatting before we pressed record. Um, there's been a few things that have popped up over the last couple of weeks in the kind of the, I would say the remnants of the manosphere. Um, and I'm supposed the remnants of the manosphere are blogs or websites that their priority is still discussing the girls, how to get the girls and, and you know what it all means with the girls and that sort of thing um i stopped writing about that sort of stuff i don't know a couple of years ago i'd say i am and i was i was only continuing to write about it because you know the readership wanted it um and i suppose the 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 blog that scott and i are most familiar with that that, that still talks about this stuff would be sigma frame Jack's blog over there, and there's a definite crowd there. And they got very upset a couple of weeks ago at Vox Day, who was basically uh, tearing apart the whole MGTOW thing and saying that, well, I don't know, what did Vox say, Scott? He said he scared basically stop being a loser with well, the girl. I think the, 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 I think the essential argument that Vox was trying to make, and I'd, I'd be really paraphrasing this because I read it like that one time, but, but he, uh, so you would have to kind of back up a little bit, right? Because there, there's really two, in, in my opinion, there's two camps here. There's, and this goes all the way back to the Dalrock days where he he used to talk about this. There's the, there's the civilizationalists, right? Which is kind of a made up, you know, neologism. And then there's the, uh, the um, let it burn sort of, um, what's the, uh, enjoy the decline crowd, right? So that you have yeah. this sort of like, and, and they, there's a whole bunch of different, uh, permutations and, and a continuum in between those two things, but those are the two basic crowds, right? And if you're going to make an, the kind of argument that Vox is making, you sound like a civilizationalist. This is a person who basically says we have to save Western civilization through great force and an enormous amount of sort of long-term energy that we're going to expend on our children and raising them in basic Christian Western values and, you know, however, whatever you think about that. Right. And, and then the sort of let it decline or, you know, enjoy the decline crowd are basically saying, fuck it, man, just get as much pussy and money as you can and die. You know, like the, the, you have no obligations to, you know, the future or whatever. And that may be a, a very, very overly simplistic way of looking at it. Dalrock used to argue that it doesn't really make any difference if, if how you, how you, place yourself in that in that particular continuum but what we are doing here what and i, I like that phrase the remnants of the manosphere because that, that's really what it is it's basically a tattered torn like ragtag of you know like 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 the last seven jedis you know who, who lived after the <laughs> after after episode three right and uh, the uh, the what he was what he was arguing was all this is 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 saving this. His phrase was saving the seeds of civilization while the fire rushes over the forest. And I thought that was a fantastic uh, turn of phrase that he came up with. So basically, me and my little Orthodox Christian family here in Helena, which is surrounded by—I mean, think about it. Every single house. If I could walk to my next door neighbor's house, and then the 
the next door neighbor after that, and the next door neighbor after that has a has a wildly variant set of values about the universe or why we're doing what we're doing here or what all this means, right? And that that's a deeply disturbing situation to live in when you really think about it, right? And so all I'm doing is I'm teaching my kids about the heterosexual monogamous Christian ideal in marriage where you you have your own biological children that you and your wife made together and you study the Bible and you study the Christian faith and you believe that there is a a creator of the universe and that he expects things from us and, and that's it. And 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 whatever happens to the macro Whatever collapse comes, we, all we're doing is saving the seeds of civilization while the fire rushes over the forest, right? And so, so uh, Vox is making that kind of an argument in his way that he does. I mean, he's very Vox, you know. I mean, like he's very he's sort of guilting and shaming men into you know into getting off the mig toe bandwagon and you know wife somebody up and 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 do your part for civilization and all that stuff and you know i don't really i don't know what to think about that i think every every man needs to sort of make his own decision about what he's going to do there i'm with dal rock i'm basically just trying to teach my little tribe my little six-person family um what i believe is correct about what all this means and why this universe is here and who created it and what we're supposed to and what our obligations are to that god um and if every single one of my neighbors thinks i'm crazy i don't really care you know like that's 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 kind of where i'm at you know and it seems like most of the guys in the manosphere would at least agree to those basic assertions you know, and so, you know, I'm not really sure where I'm going with that, but that, that's the, the, the well, that's where Vox is coming from is, is that whole like debate, really, you know, and so anyway. I think I think you're right. And I think the other aspect of it is Vox is saying, don't be a pussy, get married. There's no certainties in life. And if if your house gets burned down by your wife and she takes all your money and all the kids, well, that's. You know, you're a wounded soldier, and that's 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 part of the risk that you take. And of course, they're getting very upset. The other side is these guys are getting very upset about that, and saying you don't know what it's like out there, the risks, the the what men have to go through. And you were talking about domestic violence before before we press record. I mean, that's an aspect of it as well, how that can be used against men and false accusations and that sort of stuff. So, right. you know, I, I think I think. I think they have they have a point if if your whole all right let me answer, let, let let me comment on this by going on another roundabout way to it there was a comment left on on sigma frame on one of these pieces and I think it was in relation to something that I wrote that Jack quoted but someone basically oh yeah I wrote about celibacy uh, today and how and how celibacy is is actual celibacy. It's not celibacy. Is not it's not not sleeping with someone. It's not having sex, whether it's by yourself or with someone else. That's what celibacy is. And I found it interesting on the on their on their website. I found it interesting that they got very legalistic on that and said because the the, the Bible doesn't specifically say jerking off. Uh, you're not supposed to do it. Whereas the Bible actually does say that. Um, but they got very legalistic about it. Um, but one of them one of them made a comment, I can't remember who it was, and I, I, I thought this was very interesting. He said it's not possible to be celibate with all of the temptations in the world, all of the stuff that we we're, we're surrounded by sex every day. You know, it's not it's not it's not possible to not be affected by all of the lustful things that we that we see. And I thought that that was a really mm. interesting comment because it betrays a absolute um dearth of personal power of any agency whatsoever you're saying that you are a complete victim yeah to all of this lustful right. imagery that you see it's it's exactly the same thing that feminists say when they're putting the blame on on men for their problems and yeah. and, and it's it's almost like these so what are, happens if you're Right. What happens if you're married? Let's say you're a brand new newlywed couple and you're 23 years old and you've had maybe you've had a really fantastic sex life for a couple of years and you've popped out a couple of kids. And then your wife comes down with some kind of medical condition that makes it impossible for her to have sex forever. 
Yeah. What do you do in that situation? You you are obligated to that woman until you die. If you don't believe that you can do that, then you've made a crucial error in in terms of your your abilities uh, to to understand self control and all this other stuff. Like that shit happens, right? I mean, like that's yeah. You know. Anyway, that's kind of what that's what I would say to that. You know, I, I know but it's a the, bummer. I wouldn't want that to happen. You know, no, but, but that's the whole thing. Matrimony is a holy sacrament. And we've forgotten yeah. that. You know, we've yeah. we're, we we are in a we grew up in a secular society and so we take we're we're all very selfish on this and we're all guilty of of, the, of what I'm about to say. We take from secular society the goodies that we want, right. the treats that they suck us in with. But then the parts that right. we don't like, we get all we get we get all high and mighty about it. Um, but it's yeah. all part of the same coin. If matrimony is a holy sacrament, it's it's a it's you're you're marrying the the woman uh, uh, before God, uh, and the burdens that you have to um, struggle with throughout that physical time here are what sets you up for your spiritual time afterwards. And that marriage is a huge yeah. part of it. And we all have our own cross to bear. That's the whole point. We all have. Oh, I know. No, I mean, we we talked about the the meat cute phenomenon and all that stuff in our last one two years ago. I, I have been a, a a serial monogamist for most of my life. I, most of the when when I when I talk like this, I what I guess will happen is you know people will listen to this and they will say, well, that's easy for you to say. You've had sex with multiples of women and then you met a girl who married you who's absolutely crazy about you and is still crazy about you 16 years later like how can you and and i i don't have an answer for that i don't you know i i'm just as guilty of of being you know sex drenched as everybody else and i've been i've been pretty lucky you know in that in that regard because i you know i you know, I don't know, like I, I guess I'm something like an alpha male. You know, I'm six one, I weigh two hundred pounds. Never I'm say really that. Shape. Never, never self declare you know. that. You're opening yourself up <laughs> I know, to I a know, right? world of pain. A world yeah. of pain. If you want, we can go back and I can repress record if you want. Oh, I, I, but that's why I said it tongue in cheek. I mean, I, I really don't. I have no I clue don't. what an alpha male is. I, nah. I, I, no, I don't think I don't think anyone knows what an alpha male is. I think that the, I think the <laughs> the whole thing is I think the whole thing is very accurate on the one hand because I've worked you've been in the military I worked you know whitewater rafting all male orientated really yeah. really strong personalities the the whole hierarchy fits inside that stuff absolutely but the the importance that um, the manosphere and other areas have, has given to it and raised it up about us. It's, it's just made it completely ridiculous. I, I, I don't even look at it anymore. I don't even look at it. Um, I, I have a whole bunch of people that I work with. I don't categorize them under anything. All I do is are they good to work with or are they troublemakers? And if they're a troublemaker, and I'm, I'm not going to agonize if they're a delta or a gamma, or a, I'm just going to get rid of them. That's it. You know. Yeah. Which is funny because that's Vox's whole thing, right? I mean, he he's got the he he codified all that into you know multiples of of of, of segments of the male population and and gave them think, all labels and. I think I mean, the reason that Vox did that and the reason that Vox comes out occasionally, like he did a few weeks ago with the 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 piece that we spoke about earlier, is that he gets so yeah. many so much correspondence from guys. You know, who haven't got a clue. Occasionally, occasionally he pops a blood vessel in his, you know, in the in the vein sticking out of his forehead, and and he's, and and he 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 said he has to write this stuff down just to get them to shut up. But of course, it it only makes it worse and worse and worse and worse. That's what I personally think. Yeah. Is um, yeah. Is and and I don't. Fox and I have had some interactions. Um. Um. But uh, but I know people who know him very well, um, so this is just me speculating for for the for the major part here. Um, I think I, I, his whole Alpha Game blog, that whole sort of thing, he was exploring um, topics that he didn't need to explore personally for himself. He didn't need to do that. He's been happily yeah. married to a beautiful woman for twenty plus years the whole time. 
He didn't yeah. need to go well, into. I find myself in a similar. I find myself in a similar situation, and so I, I, I tread. I, I start whenever I, we talked about this right before the recording. Um, you know what, what happens is is I I disengage from these blogs for exactly this kind of reasoning. I think I don't I don't need to be here. I don't need any stuff. Like I I have a whole different set of problems and variables in my life that I'm trying to manage. But then yeah. um, I kind of get sucked back into it. And I, I usually be, and there's a there's a predictable cycle of it where I, I kind of start with comments that are sort of meant to be magnanimous and friendly and sweet and helpful. And then I start to get a little bit grumpy and I'm like, you know, why are we still talking like like we're like, I don't know, it's it's it's, it's sort of where we ended on the last call where, you know, like. Really? You, you still he's you still know, talking some, about this stuff. Girl, I think these guys. In, in a, yeah, in, I think in a particular the, way, yeah, way just, and yeah. The serial, in a way, it's serial being a serial loser, you know. And and <laughs> even even if you could fix some of these guys' problems around this issue, I don't think they'd want it fixed because they self-identify with it so much. I, I, that, that, that's how I see it. This is this is this is who they are. Um, so. The I, blogger Kane uh, Caldo from uh, Things We Have Heard and Known, um, or known and heard anyway, he he one time sort of approached this like this. He, he said something like, is, is, there, is there a list of traits that are more or less masculine and confident and that chicks like and all that stuff? Sure. Does, do some guys have more of them than others? Sure. Are you – would you be an idiot to not know that yes right <laughs> and, then, and then he just kind of like moves on after that and, and, and gets away from the whole alpha beta mentality and or you know discussions and all that and, and i've yeah. actually met him in person i know who i know who he really is um and he's he's a pretty cool guy and so like that you know i just sort of have gravitated to that you know and anyway that's no, no, That's it's, my uh, take on it. It, and it's true though i mean when i started being a rafting guy we were doing a job that could pull the chicks like you wouldn't believe but at the same time, there were guy there were guides who were pulling chicks, and then there were guides who were pulling chicks. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, no matter yeah. no matter if, if a hot, really hot girl came on a trip, you'd know that such and such guy was going to get her every single time. Was he the best looking guy? No. Okay. In fact, a lot of the time they were the scrawny, um, unkempt looking individuals, if you know what I mean. And so me and a couple of other guys, we just we, we worked it out that it was their gift of the gab. And so we asked them questions. What do you say to them? What are they? So and that's where 25 years ago we learned about shit tests, for instance, and where we learned about all of this stuff that that 15 years later, the manosphere started to try and work out when and, and guys like Rollo Tomasi and that sort of thing started to to write it all down but all we did was talk to the guys who got the chicks how do you do it what do you what do you say when the chick says this yeah oh we just say that oh okay I, i'll I've, try that uh, and it worked i've re i've reiterated this a few times uh on the blogs where i i think that the only guy who can really really be helped um is a guy and i actually made this comment yesterday in one of the one of the threads um is the guy who was kind of a natural to begin with and probably had a pretty decent go of it in high school and maybe his 20s or whatever. And then he got fed a a fire hose of a disaster of a blue pill destruction because of because a whole bunch of blue pill conditioning over the course of his adult life. In yeah. my case, it was my divorce. I, 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 I went to the elder board of my church. And they told me, oh, you know what? You, you got to do more dishes. You got to do more, you know, <laughs> all this crap, right? And, and, and I went, oh, that's losers. what I'll do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna earn my wife back by doing that. But I, but I had already known a pretty decent dating and sex life prior to all of that levels and layers and layers of that kind of conditioning placed on me. And so once I, once my the the dust settled on my divorce. And I was a single guy in the army and I started to sort of like remember like my previous self. It was mm. kind of like riding a bike. It was like you just have to get the muscle memory back and be like, oh, wait a minute. This is how this works. All this yep. other crap. It's just it's all it's it, it. Girls don't work like that and they never have worked like that. And I always knew that. Um, but for some reason, I wanted to accept these 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 well, pretty in, little in, lies that we tell ourselves. And that, that guy lies, can be, be helped. Um, the, pretty, so. the pretty little lies 
take on more meaning when you've got so much more to lose. And so if you are in a marriage yeah. situation, I mean, if you're if you're dating girls and and you know you you want to play zero fucks given or whatever the case may be, then yeah, you know, it's it's not a problem. But if you're talking about your marriage and if you, yeah, I'll tell you an interesting oh, story. Oh yeah, and you I'll really tell- really believe in it. I I believed in marriage back. I I, I thought. This is forever. This cannot happen. This is a cosmic injustice if we divorce and all this stuff. And so I, I was I was invested in whatever whatever I could read, whatever my church leaders told me to do, whatever my wife was telling me, and and all of it failed. All of it failed. I'll you tell know? you an interesting so, story. You know, interesting story. Guy guy I work with back in the Netherlands, and um, he's. He's he's if we're going to if we're going to class someone as an alpha male, this guy would be an alpha male 100 percent. OK, but lovely guy, really, really lovely guy, mm-hmm. uh, married to a beautiful woman. And she was she was starting to to pull the games where, um, you know, it was going to be a problem where the marriage might go onto a rocky road. The way that he fixed it. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. He had an affair. And then made sure that his wife found out about it. Mm. And and it was basically yeah, and then hard. it was it was it was complete dread game. It was complete yeah, 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 I've had this affair because because this is what you're doing with the marriage and uh well and because she suddenly I, she suddenly realized what I she can, had to I have options. I have yep. options because I can. Yeah. <laughs> and of course and of course it got their marriage completely back on track. Right. It worked. Yeah, it's a bummer that it it, it's a bummer that it came to that. You know, I mean, we we don't have to like it or whatever. But if that you know that worked for him, then yeah, yeah. And uh, and that's 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 a lot of the time that the 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 line you've got to take, even if you don't want to do that line. You know, it's a power play. But but this is the whole thing: is is that traditional marriage uh, in the eyes of God has been undermined. We, We we're getting married secularly, and so you know. On top of that, the church has no power, like you found out when your church elders told you to wash more dishes. I mean, more clueless, right. clueless than that. That's oh yeah, problem. and and she was she was the one who cheated. I mean, I I, I don't want to you know in any story there's always you know each person's side, but I I was not violent. I was not mean. I don't yell. I I have a job. I'm not a drinker. I don't sit around all day on Sundays watching football. Sure, and sure, sure. That's all. And that's all. Left, that's all logical right? and rational. And you're asking a woman to be logical yeah, and yeah. rational. So that doesn't work. Right, right. You can't. You can't. You can't and go so in. They, they were basically. They were basically saying I needed to up my my beta game you know they were like no no you know what it is it's more of that more dishes more house chores more whatever and i was like she's the one she's the one who fucked around but it's your it's your fault there's there's no there's no agency (laughs) on the woman there there's no responsibility yeah yeah Yeah. and and that's and that's look if you if you get married to in a secular sense or you get married in a in an unaware sense it look I've I've said it before in an, in other podcasts. The only way in the Western world these days to have a, a marriage is really has a chance of surviving is to to go in with religious eyes wide open, and that's you know the yeah. ma- the husband's at the top, the 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 wife's under him, and the children are under both of them, and and the husband answers yeah. to. That's that, that's the only I way. Think, you... So I think one of the one of the things that I that I do hear a lot of, and I, I think is a kind of a legitimate gripe from from guys from married guys in the manosphere who have been married for a while or you know some period of time long enough to start interacting with this is that their their marriage is starting to falter on like passionate lines when it comes to like sexual access and all that stuff. And what they're what they're complaining about is that in order for me to keep the the passion and the sex and the fun and all that stuff alive in my marriage, I have to be 100 percent on my game every minute of the day. And it's exhausting and I shouldn't have to do that. Um, and I I understand that I I, I I totally get that. That's that's the that is the no matter where you find your wife in the Western civilization, she will have she will have come up with absolutely no 
no training or discussion about what her obligations are in marriage. Um, and so okay. you, unless unless you pull her out of some some well, crazy that's, that's back. The, but that's, that, that's my point. Or, you know. That's my point. You can't yeah. you have to go into marriage with the obligation line being very clear. Yeah. From the beginning. Yeah. I'll say I'll say one other thing, though. I mean, my answer to this now is or my response to this, not answer because it's not a question, but my response to this is different now than it would have been in the past. In the past, I would have said, yeah, you know, you've got to you've got to get your game on. You've got to uh, have some dread game or blah, blah, blah. Uh, no, whatever, whatever we're talking about now. Now, my attitude, if, if, if your marriage is going where you have to dance like a monkey to get to get some pleasures of the flesh in bed from your wife. It's not worth it. Because do we, you think that some of that is age? Because I'm I'm going to be 51 here in June. And I think you're like a couple weeks behind me, um, and I I am just now just now starting to feel the edge of my drive drop off. And it's not it hasn't dropped off a cliff, but it, it's definitely cruising to a to a finish. <laughs> You know what I mean? So like at, at this age, I can do that. I can be like, eh, whatever, you know, I'll just I'll, I think I'll just go ride my mountain bike or I'll go do whatever. Like I really don't need the the hassle of this. But I, I think about my 23 year old self and I don't know how easy that would be, you know, to just have the that sort of attitude. But I really don't think know. It, I think it's I think it's it's a challenge, but it's a challenge as a, as a man at whatever age you are. Um, and mm. don't get, I'm a very highly sex guy. I always have been my whole life. Um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a challenge, but it's a challenge that's, that's worth it because mm. we are conditioned to be victims to our sex, sexual urges by society at large and the secular society yeah. in which we live. Why is sex such an important part of the marriage bed? Why is that the be all and end all? Okay, if you're not if you're not getting as much sex as you think you need, did people complain about this two or three hundred years ago? I somehow I doubt it. Somehow I doubt it. Somehow I, I think they had a lot more going on in their lives that they had to worry about. Yeah. It's, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty privileged perch that we're living in in a historical sense where the most that men get to whinge about now is how often they're getting their leg over with their wives. That's it. When you compare it to the last two to four thousand yeah. years of human history, I mean, yeah, and if you if you read those all those old saints, you know, like like the doctors and the fathers of the church, they talked about this in in terms of of, of mastering your passions. Or like nobody talks about that anymore, right? So you're you're if 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 you don't master your passions, your passions will master you, right? Yeah. And so like to to live a life like that in in this society and this culture where, you know, I can, I walk into my house and I can push a button and change the climate of my building that I'm living in. We, we live in a, a magical age compared to, to what that was like. We, I don't think we really think much about that. Right. Um, and so oh, we take it, we take it's a credible amount for, of it for granted. And so we, and so we complain and com- complain specifically about this issue of, of sexual sex satisfaction. And- and you know what? Right, it's right. it's some fleeting moments, you know. I mean, I think yeah. I think I think men as a demographic in the West, until we grow up, until we leave this behind, and still until we start teaching to our children and and the and the young people that we influence that sex is is not as important. Sex is if we don't put pussy on the pedestal as a society, we put sex on the pedestal. Whether it's sex with the opposite sex, sex with the same sex, or sex with sex with yourself. Yeah, it's all up there yeah. all the time. It's the great distraction and it's the great trap of our age, and it's pulling it pulls men in like a black hole, like a vortex. And my whole point is, whether you're married or not, the more you're able to break out of that, the more control you'll have over your own life, over your own passions, as you said before. You know, you need to master your passions. It's absolutely true. This is this yeah. is I think I think one of the defining things for our time, because they use it as a weapon so much against us. This is the biggest weapon they use against us: is sex. 
They amp kids up yeah. from a young age. I mean, they're teaching three or four year olds now in schools about sex and, and all the rest. I mean, that's just that's completely apart from the fact it's criminal. I remember back when I was six or seven or eight or nine or ten, if you'd started telling me this, this stuff, I wouldn't have had a. I would have been susceptible to any direction you wanted to take me because as a kid I would have no idea what the context is or what was going on. But we conditioned yeah, children. I remember, I, I think I've told this story before, the, the, the protection of children's innocence um, yeah. used to be a priority for everyone. I remember I was, I guess I was about five or six years old when, maybe a little older, but when the, the Guyana tragedy happened, the Jonestown massacre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember the there was a picture on the front of like Time or Newsweek magazine of all these dead bodies, right? They're just uh, just people lying there dead after drinking the Kool Aid. And uh, and my my mom took me into a supermarket, and for some reason that particular magazine was at my eye level. It was down in the magazine rack um, where I could see it, and it was a mistake. It wasn't supposed to be there. Right. And the uh, the clerk apologized profusely to my mom. He's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And he grabbed it and he put it way up higher, you know, to where I wouldn't notice it or see it or whatever. And like, I, I just don't like we we do not live in that world anymore. And that was only 35, 45 years ago. Yeah. Um, and like nobody like now it's all just, well, they're going to learn about it anyway. So we might as well just drench them with it. And, and my. I believe that part of the reason why I turned out to be so normal and so psychologically healthy is because the adults around me prolonged my innocence as long as possible. Yes. I was a I was a goody two shoes all the way up to eighth, ninth, tenth grade. I was kind of a, you know, kind of a howdy doody type, you know, who just, you know, like every, every little every little piece of my innocence that broke up, broke off of me was was traumatic for me. I was like, wow, I, I just learned something about the world that, you know was age appropriate, but I didn't really want to learn. But, but if you, if you prolong that as long as you can, I think your, your civilization is healthier. Um, yes. Yes. And it's really, it's really creepy what's going And people will say, Oh, well, you're, you're just, you're just prolonging the inevitable. And I'm like, I know I'm prolonging the inevitable, but so is, so is going to the gym and working out so that I don't die young. I yes. it doesn't, it doesn't make it wrong. Of course I'm prolonging the inevitable, but why would I, you only get to be innocent like that once. The you know perfect, I mean? the perfect <laughs> path. <it>. The <laughs> perfect path is to protect young people's innocence for as long as you possibly can, and then, at, then at a young age, say right. eighteen right. or nineteen, they get married. Right, right. That, that's the that's the oh, perfect well. path I mean, right a... there. You know, if I was going to have, and that's kids what happened today, to me. My I parents. If if I was going to have kids today, I would I would be networking with other families when the kids were. We're, we're growing up so that we could we could we could get them yeah. all sorted out. That's exactly what I would be doing. Um, but yeah, my my 13 year old my 13 year old daughter all of my kids go to Catholic school because it's the it's the closest thing to orthodoxy that we can find, right? Yeah. So they they go to Catholic school and my daughter my oldest daughter is 13 years old and they have these little like social events and they're all they're all appropriately 13. They're all awkward and stupid and they they giggle but there, there's no like there's not really a sexual component to it yet and it's so and sweet to watch be. i mean they're, they're, they're right be. they're right yeah. on target they're right on target right on right on the yeah. correct trajectory yeah. you know and the problem is is it costs me a lot of money to do that right it's that shouldn't be only for rich people you know <laughs> that should be the norm you know but uh oh well it's yeah i don't, I don't yeah. know what i'm, I mean, gonna, I protect, think, I'm think... gonna protect my own so. The other way to do that these days is to homeschool. If you live in a country where you're legally allowed to do that, um, right? That that's the other option as well. Um, but that the going back to the, the the start of this of this little snippet is is that we drench people, children in sex from a young age. Our society is drenched in drenched in sex, and then we get to a point where we have middle aged men, and their greatest worry in the world is how much sex can they get. And they don't realize that they are a complete product of their environment. And the answer yeah. to their problems. So you don't you don't think I should get it? You don't think I should go get a T-shirt and wear it to the gym that says I am an alpha male? You well, know, you feel I'm I'm pretty sure that'll work for you, man. You know, let, hey, I tell you what, you know, let me know how you go. Good job. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Yeah, 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 yeah. You go, girl. Yeah. The answer. The answer. Sorry. 
Shut up, you fuckhead. The answer, uh, the answer <laughs> we should be we should be giving these guys to the question of how do I get the girls is is to completely yeah. forget about. It. Is to is to is yeah, to, is to work, work on your mission. Work on your mission. Your mission as a man. Your mission not just as a physical man, but as a spiritual one. That's that's what you should. Where yeah, should be it's a great, It's actually a whether you're Christian or not. It's it's actually a good a good pathway back to our original original conversation about meat cutes and all that other stuff. One of the things that I, that I noticed as a as a cyclical truth in my my serial monogamy life, right, was I would go through a breakup with a girl who I was convinced was the end all be all of human existence for me, right? Yeah. I would go through these horrible horrible breakups. And for anywhere from a few months to up to, uh, I had I had one dry spell that was about a year. Um, it was when I was like 21. My girlfriend broke up with me, and I thought, oh my god, this is the end of the world for me. And when you're in that state of like absolute obsession with when is the next time I'm going to get laid? When is the next time I'm going to get a girl in my life? Chicks can smell that from a mile away, right? Like they can absolutely tell. That you are you're like a wounded animal, and they they don't want anything to do with you when you're in that state. But the minute, the absolute, the the second that you finally say fuck it, I don't care about any of this, all of a sudden you'll have a bunch of meat cutes, right? Like I mean, it just it happens almost immediately because now you've moved on to ah, whatever, I don't care, and that that sort of not giving a fuck it's attitude a, is it's is a, like I think I read somewhere that it's a pheromone thing that you actually give off. It probably pheromone. is. Yeah, sure, sure. Because that's what that's that has been my experience over and over, and it it never fails to materialize like materialize like that every single time. Um, yeah. And so, you know, let me I, let I, me read I think you. You let, can apply let, that to Christian mission or whatever, but let me read you a little snippet. It's a, it's it's tiny. It's a couple of sentences from a book uh, called The Way which is basically the manual for the Opus Dei Society, Catholic society, founded by a, a, a Spanish mm-hmm. priest. Here we go. Marriage is for the soldiers and not for the general staff of Christ's army. Four, whereas food is a necessity for each individual, procreation is a necessity for the species only, not for the individual. Longing for children Children, many children, and a lasting trail of light we shall leave behind us if we sacrifice the selfishness of the flesh. I like that quote, okay, because it opens up a complete world for men, okay, not for women. He's talking to men here, okay. Men have the choice. Men have the choice. And if you don't have the choice, if you feel like you don't have the choice because you can't get the girls, well, maybe – Maybe God's pushing you really strongly in a different area, right? And the more you fight it, the more miserable your life is going to be. Yeah. There's a lot so, of guys. So there's a lot of guys advocate, making. Like, there's a lot of guys making babies. Whether or not you have babies or not, the human race is not going to depend on that for its survival. Yeah. So, but playing devil's advocate against this whole idea of mastering passions and all the rest of it, um, I. I have to admit that, you know, at even at 51 years old, when my wife comes out of the shower and I see a little bit of her leg sticking out of the towel, I go crazy. Let's not make this soft porn, please. Let's not make this soft porn, please. I can't, I can't handle that. (laughs) I'm living in Saturday. I don't see see legs coming out of the shower, mate. What are you trying to do to me? Well, what, I, what I'm saying is I, I usually get told yes if I want to do something about it. And this is this is the thing that makes it really difficult for me to say to all these involuntarily celibate husbands and stuff like, hey, you know, you got to just like do whatever your mission is or whatever, because they're all looking at me and going, yeah, you pretty much. Yeah. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I tell you what, you talk to the guys while I deal with this. I forgot to put my phone in silence. <laughs> That's all right. I, I was just my my point is like I don't uh, yeah, I have I have a different set of I have a different set of problems, and yeah, I wonder uh, sometimes. In the email, I got home and explained to me. Okay. <laughs> Are you still there? 
Okay, I've got a problem with that at the moment because we uh, we can't generate the certificate at the moment. Mark is working on it. I hope to have that problem fixed tomorrow. As soon as I can get the certificate, I'll send it through to you. Cool, man. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. All right, back. Sorry about that. Yeah, you're you're gonna have to you to all that because you your whole conversation was on the. Uh, the thing <laughs> yeah, that's the with the with the guy on the phone yeah but anyway you know if 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 you can creatively edit you know i, I guess what i'm saying is sometimes i wonder and i've, I've actually coached a couple of guys in, on the coaching side of my business um like who who asked this very same question like i wonder why did god make the male drive for that so like almost blinding like 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 it, it, it drives, it makes your head spin when you see that, you know, like, and, and I have it in my house every morning, right? So it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's an interesting thing. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get why, it, why, unless it's just so that more babies would be born, you know, so. Listen. Or is it to teach us a lesson, you know? Yeah, I think it's a combination of, of those two things and many other things. But once again, if you're ruled by your passions, that's it, you know? This is, I, look, we're men. Yeah. We have such an advantage over being chicks. Fuck, I would never want to be a woman. They're just so stupid. You know, I feel sorry for them. You know, they're just, they're just so unaware especially, on so many levels. Especially in the long game. I have a, a, one, of yeah. my, one of the three red pill psychologists that I know of. Uh, his name is Orion Terraban. He's actually out of uh, California. Um, we were having a, a, a consultation phone call once. He said, look, Scott, you know, all, all you really need to know is that men always win at the long game. We always win at the long game because we have all the advantages for, for that kind of planning and that kind of thinking. And, uh, and, and so far, that has actually been true for me in every possible way. Like I'm, I'm 51 right now, and I'm, I'm in a better position to do anything that i want to do right now than i have ever been yep. right so like i'm i'm still in other words my star is still on the rise i'm still shooting upwards you know and uh, and the, the the there's nothing stopping me from from doing and a lot of the things that i think about doing now are for the kingdom they're, they're more like pro social stuff you know like 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 i'd like to buy some land here in helena and build an orthodox church you know, like, like, and I, I could probably do that pretty soon. Um, just yeah. donate it. Just say, hey, here's here's where here's where the next uh, uh, Serbian mission is going to be. And um, see, women and, don't uh, women don't have this long women don't have this long game, and they only have they only have a window of opportunity, which is completely based on their physical beauty. That's it. They have a window of, of opportunity that's from about the age of sixteen to twenty seven or twenty eight, depending on the woman. That's it. Okay, and the vast majority of women these days are wasting those years pursuing some ridiculously overpriced college degree so they can then grind out a job pretending that they have a career in inverted commas. Okay, I feel sorry for them. I feel sorry for them because they've been misled so badly and their their window of opportunity is so small and their window of opportunity is to get married and have kids. That's it. Right. Then that's what he meant by winning the long game. It was it was all of that in a in a nutshell. Yeah. You know, he was basically you know making the same argument. Um, so yeah, I true. agree. I, I even with all of the uh, even with all the systemic disadvantages that are now placed upon us, like we talked about the Duluth model in domestic violence cases, and and, and the the typical way that men are portrayed on every single TV show and every single commercial. Even with all of that, I would still choose to be a man. Yeah, um, and, and the, it's, 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 and the it's fact, cooler, the it's fact, funner. The, the fact that they have to continually put us down, continually, it never stops, right. shows how much endemic power we have as men. And all men have to that's do is... My, that has been my that. position for a while. I, yeah, I, I, I realized some years back that if women are so awesome, why do you have to constantly tell us how stupid we are? You know, like, why don't, why don't you just go be awesome? You know, <laughs> I, I definitely I'm with you on that one. It's that's that's how I feel as well. And so yeah. these guys who are spending their time agonizing over the chicks 
are are buying into this the trap of the system. They've completely been sucked in. They don't understand that the answer to their problems is not how to get their chicks. The answer to their problems is how to step outside their conditioning and to start beginning the process of really um, developing yourself as a man, of discovering what you can do, not who you are. Chicks discover who they are. Men make themselves. That's that's one of the things that Rollo got really, really wrong. And if you're if you're sitting around agonising over how to get the girls, you're basically one of the girls. That's what you are. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. I, I don't do that so much as I, I I look out over the next one to five to ten years and I, I say to myself, uh, what will I reinvent about myself in that period of time so that I can be even better at you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is I want, like, that's all I ever think about now. Um, and my wife has the option to either go along for that ride or not. And I, I don't really, I don't really bother myself with that much. <laughs> well, you're not, you're not, ask, you're not asking her like permission for that, are you? Right, right. Yeah, that's exactly it. I, I have these, these long-term goals that, that I can, I can accomplish with or without her. And she, I think she knows that. I mean, well, the moment the, the moment thing, that so. you changed tack and asked her opinion on it, okay, uh, would be the moment that she would start looking at you with a raised eyebrow, thinking, "Is this the guy that I marry?" You know, that's yeah, that's that that's the fact of it. Um, and I mean, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know what else to say. And I I agree with you in the sense we're both we're both turning fifty one later this year. We're the same age. Um, and we've both enjoyed a lot of, you know, different things in our life. So, gee, Adam, gee, Scott, you guys are in privileged positions where you can pontificate down to everyone else around it. But don't uh, you understand? No, right? I've had a really cool life, a really yeah, cool well, life. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, can't, I couldn't have yeah, wait, imagined wait, 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 the cool life. Wait, 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 let me make my point. This is an important point. This is not, this, the point is not about having a cool life. The point is if I could go yeah. back to 25 years of age, I would do what I'm doing now. I wouldn't go through and, and and have the same path of all the girls and all that sort of stuff. I wouldn't do it. I would not do it. I would completely yeah. change my focus. I don't think I would either. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's just a it's a it's a function of the linear temporal life that we all must live. You know, I mean, I, I, I can't slide around on the timeline of the universe on a slide rule and, you know, redo 17 or 27 or, you know, like I just we can't, no. you know, and uh, it's a bummer. You know, I, I, I hope, you know, it's funny is we don't have a whole lot to go on 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 what the next life is going to look like. I mean, we have we have. A lot of ancient writing. We have a lot, you know. I know that you're Catholic, and and I know that the Catholics and the Orthodox have this. A lot of this codified, but still, I sometimes wonder, or I hope, <laughs> that that in heaven we get to not not necessarily redo that stuff, but um, there there have been some moments in my life that were were almost heavenly in their perfection. I, I remember. Of rabbit hunting with my dad in the Mojave Desert, um, freezing cold because it's the high desert in California, right? So there's snow yeah. on the ground in December, and and uh, and I remember shooting rabbits, and I remember forgetting to bring my gloves, and my hands were frozen to my rifle, and my dad had um, he had black. Uh, what do you call it? Frostbite on the backs of his hands, like permanent skin damage from working in Tito's prison camps in Yugoslavia. Um, right. And I remember him look. I remember him looking at me and saying, "Are you are you cold?" And I did not dare say, "Yes, Dad, I'm cold," because my dad had been frozen, to, you know, mm. to, to the point. So I wasn't gonna, I wasn't going to admit to him that I was cold at all. Um, and I remember cooking the rabbits that we shot on our stupid little camp stove and drinking coffee for the first time ever when I was like 11 or 12 years old because my dad finally let me drink some coffee. Um, I would love to go back and just do that again. 
<laughs> I, I hope that I can see my dad and have that conversation all over. I, I don't know if that makes sense to you or what that has to do with anything, but I just that, that's what I hope we get to do. Um, is just sort I, of rewind and go back. I love the story. It's a great story. There's so much. There's so much pathos there to grab hold of. <laughs> as far for, yeah. as far as what heaven is, that's something I don't actually think about or care about. Uh, because I don't know, and 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 we're we're running this lot. We're running we're running this race now. So I just need to run this race as yeah. best as I can. And then when I cross the finish line and we get to the next the next race, then I'll worry about that one. Um, so I think you know I'm a former Protestant, as you know. I, I only I reverted to to orthodoxy when I was 44, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I think that it is a function of Protestantism to be preoccupied with the next life. I I, I, re, I remember talking about it all the time. You know, it, it's a you know, what is heaven going to be like? And, you know, and I think that when you when you get focused on that, you forget that there is a war going on here. Um, yeah. It's like, well, you know what I mean? Like, if you're just completely preoccupied with the next life, then why don't you just kill yourself? You know, why don't you just get there sooner? You know, yeah. So I don't know. I, yeah. I think that's probably why I'm like that. I, st- I still romanticize heaven, you know, what it might be like and what we might get to do and all that. And so I don't know. It's it is very, it is very Protestant of you, Scott. I didn't want to say it to make you cry, but uh, it, it definitely is. <laughs> and it's, it's generally because the Protestants are all such miserable fucks. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they want to focus on that so much. No, the Protestantism is a, is, is a spiritually bereft religion. So they're not. You can't you can't be satisfied with this. You can't be engaged. Satisfied is the wrong word. You can't be engaged with this life on earth so much if you're spiritually bereft because your spiritual side is so important. At least Protestants have one step ahead, are, are in front of the you know the atheists, the people of the secular world. Um, I, I I look back on my atheist time with you know embarrassment and um, and you know, wanting forgiveness from from God, obviously, and also for the unfortunate people who had to put up with me in that time. Because I wasn't just an atheist, Scott. I was an anti-theist. <laughs> Whenever I do yeah, something, I, uh, I, I, I know, really I know the type. Oh, God. So I was one of the type. things that orthodoxy does that's a little bit different. So and one thing that, that did drive me crazy about being Protestant was always trying to do this sort of like no true Scotsman a type of argument about who the real Christians are and who, you know, wh- you know, wh- which which local box church has the real thing. Um, orthodoxy actually doesn't do that. Orthodoxy actually looks at those the people in those Protestant faith traditions and says, and and we what we say about them is they are they have had an encounter with Christ on some level that they 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 bumped into him on accident in the in the darkness of their lives, and they. They so they are aware that there is this thing out there called God and and Christ and all that stuff, but they're they are they are bumbling around with it because they don't have all of the 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 two thousand years of church tradition and canonical theory and 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 the Catholics have the magisterium and all of their church like they they're they're unmoored from from apostolic succession. The, the great thing about Catholics and Orthodox is we recognize each other's validity of the apostolic succession, right? So your your sacraments are valid for you and my sacraments are valid for me. The only problem is we need to figure out how to get the two churches back together, Orthodoxy and Catholicism. But but in terms of like when I go to receive the Eucharist, it's the real Eucharist and, and so is it for you. Right. It's just that we're, we're broken in communion. And that's a really sad thing about the, the universe. But like but we don't we look at Protestants and we say we, we don't say we're, we're we're grace isn't. We only know that when we approach the chalice, we are in the presence of the, of the real thing. Right. So I don't I don't I, I don't tend to judge Protestants much other than I just say, please come home to you know, <laughs> to the Eucharist. You know, you, I, to the, to the gonna, sacraments, I'm gonna, to the mysteries. Uh, you know, I'm going to maybe piss you off here. Um, <laughs> listening to that, what you just said, which I don't disagree with, I find it interesting that you're able to 
look at the world in that manner, in especially the spiritual world. But at the same time, you're a you're a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist? Which one? A psychologist, PhD. Psychologist. Yeah. Okay. Because psychology or psychiatry, both of them as sciences, are complete products of the secular world, secular 20th century, in the sense that the psychologists and psychiatrists are doing the job that parish priests used to offer to their congregations. Right. So you're actually wandering into the area of, so my, my first master's degree is actually from the seminary. Um, okay. I went, I was, I was actually headed, I was headed into a clergy type of profession as a, as a church counselor. Um, mm-hmm. I have a master's degree in, in something called newthetic counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, newthetic counseling is this idea is based on exactly what you just said. That psychology at some point in the 20th century encroached upon the legitimate job of the clergy. Mm. Um, and the, which, the which, which, let me inter- which actually, let me interrupt you there for one second, which reduced the clergy to because if you're not doing the job anymore, you lose the skill. So it reduced the clergy to the point right. that when you got divorced or when your marriage was falling to pieces, the clergy, all they could offer you to was to do more washing up. Yeah, mystical platitudes about, you know, how you've abandoned her emotionally. You know, yeah, yeah, I got it. That's exactly that's exactly what they because they became uh, like like clowns. You know, irrelevant. Like, like, they became irrelevant. <laughs> like here's, became here's, irrelevant. here's some, here's some yeah. magical dust that you can sprinkle over your marriage and it might it might help. But in the end, we really don't have any authority over what happens. And yeah, yeah. So so but I what I found, though, was at the edge of. Where, where those two things meet, where the bright line of distinction between psychology and and clergy's job are things like true insanity, like schizophrenia and bipolar and severe mental disabilities and stuff like this. Um, and I, I I rejected the idea that psychology has absolutely nothing to offer in terms of understanding the human condition, but I I have never stopped believing in the basic core tenets of our faith, which is there is a God, he created this universe and he expects things of us, right? Like, th- like, like that part is, is un- unmovable for me and I'll never stop thinking that, right? Yeah. The, the issue for me is, is which of the two churches is the, is the, is the right place for me? Cause I, I could just as easily be a Catholic because I believe in sacramental and confessional theology um, I'm I'm probably one of those people that that a lot of Catholics and Orthodox would call an ecumenist, right? Because I, I I just want everybody to like each other. I want the Catholic Church and the and the Orthodox Church to fix their problem, which is now 1,100 years old. Um, but I when I when I meet a Catholic priest like in an airport, I ask him to bless me, and I probably shouldn't. My Orthodox priest would probably tell me I shouldn't do that, but I don't care. I want I, well, I know going, that he's got the real thing. I'm um, going to an Orthodox so. church in a few weeks over in Bahrain. So, because uh, there's no, I can't get a Catholic church over there. So, and it's going to be the first time for me. Well, you know so. what's funny? So the the Catholics are actually more lenient about crossing over in the in sacraments than the Orthodox are. You can receive at the Orthodox Church. I can't receive at the Catholic Church. My church won't let me. Um, okay. but, but but yours will because they they recognize the the, the apostolic succession they say yep that that priest in that orthodox church his his holy orders goes all the way back to bartholomew and it can be traced all the way back to bartholomew so it is the real eucharist it's not there's no confusion about that yeah. right so but the orthodox are just a little bit uh maybe it's because we're smaller <laughs> They're, you know, the, the Catholics are about a billion, and Orthodox is about 400 million worldwide, right? So maybe, maybe they're just being uh, jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really, I don't know why they, what, what all that is about, you know. But, uh, but I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not leaving Orthodoxy, um, because there's actually an ethnic part to it for me too, and we talked about that a little bit last time too. I, I'm, I'm not just Orthodox, I'm Serbian Orthodox, and, and that part actually matters to me. Um, yeah, and that's and, the same and as Mike. That's the same. I, yeah, that's the same yeah, as me. Yeah. 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 Um, listen, we've we've done over an hour. That's uh, which is basically what we we decided we were going to do. I think it's been a pretty pretty great discussion uh, right. on various topics. I hope that yep. the listeners 
got something out of this. Scott, do you want to give yourself a plug? Sure. My website is Treasure State Psychological Services. Um, I can I can do coaching over the lines. Um, I can I'm actually going to be licensed on a, as a SIPAC license pretty soon, which will open me up to about 27 states um, for doing that, doing therapy, although I don't really like therapy. I prefer to do coaching. Um, but uh, and I, you know, and my my phone number that rings directly to my cell phone that I carry around with me is right there on my website. So I'm not hard to <laughs> uh, I'm not hiding from anybody. I'm not You're not hiding behind or, some or, anonymous or, moniker. Uh, yes, I like it. I nope. like it. Nope, that's yeah. that's if you if if you call that number, you will hear my voice on the other line waiting for you to leave me a message. Um, and uh, so anyway, sensational, Scott. Thanks for um, I know that um, you know this is the start of your work day. So it's, we, by the way, for the listeners, Scott and I have been back and forth for about ten days trying to work out exactly when we could make this work with the nine-hour time difference between Montana and Saudi Arabia. Uh, but it was great, mate. <laughs> Um, so don't go away, Scott. I'll just finish off this, and then you and I can say goodbye. But thank you, everyone, for uh, sure, tuning sure. in. I hope that uh, you all had a lovely time, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I have to mention, check out Aaron Clary and Captain Capitalism and all of his websites. He's got a new book out, which I'm going to review very soon, uh, which was number one bestseller in the feminism category on Amazon, which I found hilarious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, thank you, everyone, for Push Rubber Podcast, and I'll see you next time. Ciao.